really the human condition is that a lot of the time we're feeling negative emotion and that's part of the human existence. And truly, if we didn't have sadness, we would not have joy. And so I wouldn't, you know, trade sadness in for anything because it's part of my human existence and my human experience. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the Kamari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified Kamari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. We've all been there. We've left the gate with the best intentions only to find them quickly squashed by lack of motivation, negative self-talk, or limiting beliefs. Today, we change the story by focusing our attention on a different but equally methodical path to sparking joy in the way that we talk to ourselves and others to yield new behaviors and desired results. Our guest today is Laura Swartzbaugh of Laura Scout Coaching. Laura believes coaching is the secret sauce to living a meaningful, engaging, and joyous life. She works with female entrepreneurs who know they are on the brink of success, but they can't break through. She helps them become unstoppable, make real money, and create the business of their dreams. Welcome to Spark Joy, Laura. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Welcome, Laura. We're so glad you're here. Me too. To get us started, we always are interested in knowing what has led our guests down their particular paths. And we certainly would like to hear from you. What made you decide that being a life coach was something that was really your passion? There's kind of two answers. The first one is that I was really tired of having to eat lunch at 1117 every single day. And that was because I was a high school teacher. And when you're a high school teacher, you have an amazing life. I loved teaching. I loved working with adolescents. I think they're amazing human beings. And you have very little control over your time down to the idea of when you can go to the bathroom, when you can just check out for a few minutes, etc. Because your whole day is basically you are a high schooler. You're (laughs) running from one period to the next with a passing period in between. And you have lunch during your lunch period. (laughs) So at 52 years old, I was ready for a change in that and have more control over my day. And the other reason is that I was having a terrible day several years ago. And I texted a friend and said, you know, I just feel like I'm going crazy. And she said, listen to this podcast. And I listened to a podcast called The Life Coach School. And I just absolutely felt like somebody had shown me this whole other way to live that I had never even considered. And it's really based on retraining your brain to believe new things. And uh, it led me on the path to eventually decide to get certified as a life coach and to retire from teaching after 27 years and build my business as a life coach. And now I actually work with coaches. I call myself the coach whisperer, (laughs) as well as other female entrepreneurs. And it is absolutely amazing. I so remember just because you mentioned it, those crazy lunch periods. <laughs> right. School, like, I want to say, I think there was a lunch period that was like at 1045 or something. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. And I guess it's because it seemed like school started really early. So I'm guessing being on such a strict schedule would certainly get old after 27 years. So. Yeah. Yeah. It got really old. <laughs> 
Yeah, and we definitely can also relate to the fact that you were on one path, but then shifted your mindset to open yourself up to a new direction that you hadn't even imagined. Yes. And I think that's what we really want to explore today, making sure that we're going in the right direction, seeing ourselves where we want to be. So I want to jump right into really talking about how this applies to many different layers of life. So I know that for me personally, I love what I do because it applies to so much. It's not just tidying. It applies also to wellness and just in general, personal development and improvement. I find that the more that I uh, practice Kanmari, the more I see that connectedness between our jobs and our personal goals and our values and our health. And I know that you also help your clients seamlessly across many different layers, whether it be business, personal, and otherwise. So essentially, I'm noticing how far our own personal development impacts every layer of our lives. And I'm curious, what do you feel is the foundation in terms of attracting or achieving what you want in life? Yeah, I love that question. I love the way you phrase that. Two major things come to mind. The first one is that everything that we create in our life is based on our thoughts. And so if anyone listening to the podcast right now just literally opens their eyes and looks around at everything around them, whether they're in their car or they're in their house or at work, they've created exactly what position they are in right now. Whether they see that or not as a choice, it is a choice assuming they're an adult and they, you know, are able to make their own decisions, which most adults are. So we've created the life that we have. And what we do is we kind of get really good at lying to ourselves, And it's like, of course, I have to have this job because I have to pay the bills and I have to do this because da, 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 da. It's like, no, actually, you don't have to do anything, like really, truly. And there's lots of adults who don't do the quote unquote responsible thing or right thing. And what ends up happening is that we start to feel like we don't have choices and that we just are trapped. And that's not true because we created exactly where we are. And the cool thing about that, the good news is we can then change everything. (laughs) And so once you start to actually really, really understand that, you know, I was in teaching for 27 years because I was deciding to be in teaching for 27 years because I wasn't seeing what was possible even though I was, you know, the last five years of that, I was looking. So I was definitely on a path of seeking at that point and trying to figure out what my next thing was, but I couldn't figure it out for a while. And I just wasn't open to what was possible. So once we start thinking, well, if it could work out, whatever it is, what would I want to do? You know, what's out there that I could, I could look at or, you know, whatever the stuckness is in your life, whether it be, you know, something about your career, it'd be something about, you know, losing weight or getting healthy or meeting the man of your dreams or the woman of your dreams or whatever. You know, if you start to think in terms of possibility, what's possible? What if this was possible that it would work out? It changes everything. And your brain will get to work thinking about what's possible if you keep asking it that question. And that's not the way we generally think. The way we generally think with our brains is like, what's safe and comfortable and the same? Because <laughs> that's what our brains love, is kind of the same and uh, just repeat, rinse and repeat every day. Our brains love that. And so it's hard to break out of that because it's uh, very natural. And the second thing I wanted to say really quickly is 
The second piece of it that is as essential as the first one is to do it from love, particularly love for yourself. I think once we start to think about possibility, think about change, then we so easily start to throw ourselves under the bus. Like if we have a goal, a big goal, like I'm going to, you know, lose 10 pounds by Labor Day or something, I don't know. And then we maybe don't always do exactly what we need to do, then we immediately start to beat ourselves up. And so if you harness the power of really loving yourself through it and doing it from love for yourself instead of from, you know, self-loathing or shame or whatever, it will get you so much farther because you'll feel so much better as you're doing it. You know, it's interesting, but I'm sure that for a lot of us who also made kind of drastic career changes, you've been able to see how your past experience has led you to do this work and how, you know, certainly working with high school kids had to have been a major contribution to kind of the way that you think about making those decisions or choices and you know, what's possible? Because I think that we get so many messages, certainly at that age, that are, oh, you can be whoever you want to be and dream. But then there's these other messages that are, you know, be realistic and buckle down and just work hard and, you know, don't do anything to screw up your future. Yeah. So I'm sure that a lot of that really came into play when you were thinking about what your message was as a coach. Yeah. And actually, the thing that was most influential for me is that I got really interested in brain-based teaching when I was a teacher. And so I got really fascinated with all that we're learning about the brain. And the brain is kind of like the deep ocean. It's like one of those areas of science that we still don't know very much about at all. And really, it's like the research is really starting to kick in. And I've always been a total research nerd. And so... I love the concept of a growth mindset and the idea that no matter who you are or what you've done in your past, you can learn how to become good at something else or you can learn how to enjoy something else or do something else completely. And even we used to think that the adolescent brain was pretty plastic, but we didn't think adult brains were. And now we know that adults, even old adults, older adults can really develop new skills, develop new passions, develop new interests. You know, it's amazing. Our brains are so plastic. They can really be trained and it's phenomenal what we're learning. And so that is one of the things that that along with, yeah, those adolescents who are like, they're going to go out there and conquer the world. And it's like, go get them, please. We need you. (laughs) Those two things really did influence me, I think. And I think it's also true that, you know, a lot of us have really good intentions when we're going through our day, you know, we keep our list or we have our agendas for the day. And, you know, a lot of times there are things that aren't fun, right? So we have the things that we have to do and the things that we want to do. Mm -hmm. And for me, as an organizer, I often think in terms of, okay, so what can I get done right now in a few minutes? Because I have a few minutes right now to do it. And I get myself really caught up often to the detriment of longer term projects with kind of the little task. And then I feel at the end of the day that I really, you know, didn't accomplish everything that I wanted to accomplish. And some of those bigger things, or at least, you know, those steps toward those bigger projects were things that I think actually would have served me much better in the long run than taking care of some of the little things. How is it that we always tend to fall into some kind of a a rut? You know, it's like, you know, putting the laundry before working on that chapter in the book or know all that stuff. What do you suggest as far as how to begin to take a look at that differently? Yeah, I love that you asked that because I have a super, super, I think, cool way of thinking about this. So 
one of the most powerful things you can do to kind of get where you want to go towards your big goals in life is to really harness the power of your prefrontal cortex, which is what I call your adult brain. And I always point to my forehead when I'm talking about it because it's in the front of our brain. And it's our like executive center, right? It's where we are really good at long-term thinking and long-term planning. And I love to think about it in contrast to my dog who is laying next to me in my office right now. And, you know, he's not thinking about like, where will I be in six weeks? And he's never thought that, you know, he's probably thinking like, why aren't they giving me bacon right now? You know, or something like that. I don't know what he's thinking, but he's not thinking about himself in six weeks. And as humans, it's one of our greatest privileges is that we can think about our future and we can plan. And so in our adult brain, the prefrontal cortex is the part of our brain that loves that. And so what I like to think about and what I like to teach my clients is to make decisions ahead of time. So no matter what your goal is, it really doesn't matter. You know, losing weight, um, meeting the person of your dreams, changing jobs, moving out of state, whatever it is, traveling the world, it is making the plan And, you know, you can have the long-term plan in terms of what you're going to do each week and then each month. And, and, you know, maybe it's a six-month plan or a one-year plan. But the key thing is to make decisions today about what you're going to do tomorrow. Because today, if you sit there with a pen and your calendar or with your digital calendar, however you do it, you can make a decision. Tomorrow, I am going to do X, Y, and Z. And not only what you're going to do, like a to-do list, but more like a calendar thing where at two o'clock, I'm going to write my blog post and I'm going to finish it and post it by three o'clock. So really down to the hour. And then you've made the decision, you've committed to tomorrow, or you can decide what you're going to eat tomorrow, or you can decide, you know, you're going to go to that, that singles meetup event or something. And then tomorrow you're going to wake up and what's going to happen for sure is you're not going to want to do something that you're supposed to do, just like you said, because that's the way our brain works. Our toddler brain, our primitive brain in the back does not want to do anything. It's like a toddler. It just wants to seek pleasure. It wants to avoid pain and it wants to recycle and do the same thing over and over again. And because it's always avoiding pain and seeking pleasure, it never wants to do something that you're supposed to do, right? Like eat kale or you know, I don't know, write your blog post or whatever. So instead of relying on willpower, which is what we do, like we white knuckle it and we're like, oh, I have to do this. I'm going to do it. What we can do is we can just say, oh, I made that decision yesterday. I already decided I'm going to do this today. So I'm going to do it because I already decided. So you're not relying in the moment on making a decision. You've made the decision ahead of time and you're just honoring your decision, which is easier than making the decision in the moment because in the moment, your toddler brain will be loudest, (laughs) I promise, and your prefrontal cortex will be kind of quiet. So you just kind of think about, oh, I already decided this yesterday. I'm just going to honor the decision. And then you can stick with that long-term plan that you have. I love this idea of deciding what's going to happen tomorrow, today. Yes. And I'm going to apply it immediately. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely want to decide to work out in the morning tomorrow because I know myself and I know I have to work out in the morning if I want to get it done. Mm -hmm. And I also think that this is a great method to apply within the context of tidying as well. I'd love to explore what happens when you decide to do something tomorrow, like say, for example, so let's say someone was deciding to tidy tomorrow. Mm -hmm. 
and other shiny objects, let's say, get in the way. So let's maybe walk through an example. So let's say I decided instead of tidying, I'm going to grab a glass of wine and watch Handmaid's Tale and not confront clothing in my closet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What do I do after I make that decision and maybe feel those emotions that typically come up like regret or disappointment? So one of the things that I love to teach my clients is about the idea that circumstances are not the same things as our thoughts. And this is something that really, really changed my life. And so, for example, if the circumstance was that my husband looked at me funny when I tried on a dress, which happened once, my thought was, oh, he thinks I'm fat, okay? Or he doesn't think I'm beautiful or something like that. A very, very negative thought. And so then I get upset, right? So if you were in a situation where you were planning on tidying and then you didn't do what you were planning on doing and instead you had your glass of wine and you were watching The Handmaid's Tale, the circumstances is that you have this pile of clothing that you want to go through and your thought might be something like, I can't deal with that right now. It's too much. It's too hard or something like that. And what we think is that the pile of clothing or what my husband said to me is what's making us feel bad. And the thing is, is that that's not what's making us feel bad. The pile of clothing is neutral. It doesn't have any inherent goodness or badness to it. It's just a pile of clothing. My husband saying whatever he says to me is just words coming out of his mouth. What our brain does is our brain interprets everything because that's our brain's job. Thank goodness again that we have that beautiful brain. And so your brain looks at the pile of clothing and is like, oh, I can't do that tonight. It's too hard. It's too much. It's overwhelming all these negative thoughts. And we think that the circumstances are causing our feelings. And what's actually causing our feelings is our thoughts. And this is really, really amazing news because we can change our thoughts. The pile of clothing is still there. My husband still says something about the dress that I'm wearing, but I get to choose what I want to think about it. And we can practice thinking new thoughts. And so I can practice thinking, my husband thinks I'm beautiful and he just doesn't like the dress, which is actually true. (laughs) And so I can practice that and realize that instead of getting upset with him and blah, 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 and crying, I can just feel like, oh, this dress is no good. I'm going to try a different dress. If you're planning on tidying and you're looking in your closet and you're seeing the pile of clothing and you're thinking, ah, this is too hard. What you could think instead is something like, this is totally doable, or it's going to feel amazing to be done with this, or I can't wait to see what's in this pile of clothing. (laughs) I know for me, sometimes there's a surprise in there. Something I thought I lost. (laughs) (laughs) So you can change your thought about the circumstance and separating out circumstance from our thoughts is very, very powerful because again, we can change our thoughts and we can really truly make our brain believe a new thought and then that changes our emotions because thoughts are what cause our emotions. So it's pretty amazing stuff. If you end up not following your plan, as soon as you kind of come back to consciousness, (laughs) right? Because sometimes we can do that. We can kind of pretend like something's not happening for a few hours for sure. Sure. So as as soon as you start to really kind of confront the fact that you didn't do what you had planned to do, the first one is that self-love and that compassion. And I just always, always remind myself and my clients that we are all humans. And honestly, our primitive brain is really, really loud and really compelling. And it's the one that's saying, oh my God, a bowl of popcorn and a glass of red wine is exactly what we need to do right now. 
It sounds so good. Let's do that instead of what we were supposed to do or whatever it is. And it's really loud. So it's hard not to pay attention to it. And as a human, you are going to sometimes, you know, fall under the spell of your toddler brain, of your primitive brain. You know, it's designed to save our life. So when you like are texting on your phone and you're wandering into the street by accident and your brain all of a sudden realizes a car is coming at you, it's your primitive brain that saves your life and pulls you back, right? And so we're really happy. I always remind my clients and myself to be really happy that we have a functioning primitive brain because it saves our lives and that's its job. So thank God for that. So the first one is you're just human and your brain is functioning perfectly normally. And the second one is to try to figure out if you can, what you could do better next time. So instead of throwing yourself under the bus and beating yourself up and going into that kind of frustration or shame, which will just keep you out of your game even longer, you could just try to strategize, okay, how can I kind of honor my commitment to that decision I made ahead of time better next time? And so I just try to evaluate what went wrong for me and how I can set myself up for success even better in the future. Perhaps I need to put it, you know, have a reminder that pops up on my phone. Perhaps I need to really realize that I might get emotional when I'm going through that tidying process. There might be memories that come up and know that I can handle that. I can handle those emotions and kind of give myself a little bit of a pep talk about it ahead of time. But it does happen. You know, everybody has times when they don't follow through with what they've committed to do. It's just the human condition. So we have to forgive ourselves. It seems like there's also a lot of avoidance that kind of comes into play when we're thinking about getting those things done that we, you know, that for whatever reason, that we just don't want to do them. I mean, certainly getting organized is not exactly on the top of anyone's list of, you know, most favorite things that you want to spend your life doing. Mm-hmm. But I think for people who are going down the Kanmai path and for us as consultants, we often see in our clients just this kind of, desire to move forward and the only way they see themselves able to move forward is to just get more organized but there's always all of this emotion that goes along with that and and a lot of times clients will tell me that they're booking a session with me because they feel it will force them to move forward and I sometimes feel a little uncomfortable with that because it's almost kind of setting the stage for it's like, well, now I'm trapped. I've hired this woman. She's showing up. (laughs) She's going to start helping me organize. So I have no choice, you know, and I would like to help certainly my clients, but also myself reframe some of those thought patterns that are, you know, more about shame and fear and guilt instead of seeing it as something, you know, more positive or uplifting. And I think that's one of the reasons that as on my consultants, we try to frame our work in a more positive sense. Mm -hmm. So we talk about, this is not about what you're getting rid of. This is about what you're keeping. And some other ways of how to manage some of those negative emotions that surface as we're you know, working toward our goals. Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that. I think that this comes back to the idea of humanity and the fact that we're all humans, which I think is a really important thing for us to remind ourselves sometimes. And our Part of being a human is having this beautiful brain of ours. And our primitive brain absolutely hates negative emotion. It genuinely thinks and sends messages kind of like you're going to die. So if you can think about a time when you've been really, really angry with someone or disappointed or really sad about, you know, a loss or, or a breakup or something, 
the feeling you have is it's almost unbearable. It's a really uncomfortable feeling to feel really sad, to be crying, to feel really angry. Those emotions feel very uncomfortable. And the thing is, is that if you stop and allow yourself to feel those emotions, which sounds terrible, I know, (laughs) but if you really do genuinely allow yourself to feel those emotions, you'll notice that they're just feelings in our body. And one of the things that I really recommend to my clients is that they start to pay attention to negative emotion and they start to really think about like, where do you feel it? Like, for example, when I am really sad, I feel it in the back of my throat, which I think is really interesting that it's, that's where it is. And I never knew that before. And you can think about even in terms of, is it sharp or is it dull? Does it throb? Does it move? If you had to make it a color, what color would you make it? And if you really start to kind of investigate how it feels to feel so miserable, (laughs) again, I know it sounds awesome, but it really is fascinating because you start to detach a little bit from the emotion and it, you realize it just, it's like a feeling in your body. And so your brain starts to realize that negative emotion isn't as scary as we think it is. And so my answer is really that you allow the negative emotion. We spend so much time feeling like we need to be happy all the time. We need to be productive. You know, we need to feel good. And really the human condition is that a lot of the time we're feeling negative emotion and that's part of the human existence. And truly, if we didn't have sadness, we would not have joy. And so I wouldn't, you know, trade sadness in for anything because it's part of my human existence and my human experience. And so I really try to encourage my clients to allow that negative emotion to actually feel it. The question, does it spark joy, is a simple one, but not so easy to execute alone. Extend your tidying experience by joining the Spark Joy Club, our online community filled with our clients, fellow listeners, and Kamari enthusiasts ready to support your journey. If you find yourself buried under clothing, stuck on storage, or pointing fingers at untidy housemates or family members, we want to help you finish your tidying journey once and for all. Support the show at the Joy Riser level and receive access to our exclusive virtual community, as well as the Tidy Home Joy Journal, your number one tidying companion. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click on Join the Club to get started. And now back to the show. So Laura, we ask all of the guests who join us here in Spark Joy Podcast, what's sparking the most joy for you at this moment in your life? Ooh, I guess a couple of things. First of all, just really enjoying my adult children's journey in life. They're 21 and 23 and just loving seeing them you know, just doing the adulting thing, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's just really fills my heart with joy. Um, I'm so proud of both of them. And they're just the absolute loves of my life. And the second thing is growing my business and working with more and more really wonderful female entrepreneurs and um, helping them realize how much their clients need them in whatever industry they're in and helping them kind of step into their future selves and grow their businesses and just become their fullest, best, most, you know, what's possible version of themselves. It's just bringing me great joy. It certainly sounds as though you found your great and true passion. 
And so I guess we'd just like to know if you have any parting words of wisdom for our listeners. Yeah, I would just recommend that they start to take a look at their thoughts and just notice them. Don't judge yourself. Don't throw yourself under the bus. Try to be fascinated by what your brain is spitting out every day. We have something like 65,000 thoughts a day. So you certainly won't be able to know all of them or notice all of them. But what thoughts are you having? And you'll notice patterns if you start to pay attention. If you feel like you don't have enough money, it's also likely that you probably might feel like you don't have enough of something else, whether it be love or time or, you know, there's a lot of different things that could be, but you might start noticing some patterns. And the beautiful thing is, is that whatever those thoughts are, you genuinely can choose to start to change those thoughts and it will be like magic. (laughs) It will change your life. And it's a really incredible experience. Yes, the life-changing magic of mindset. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Love it. You caught my clever little introduction of the word magic. <laughs> <laughs> we love magic here. And we, we really appreciate you joining us today here on Spark Joy. Laura, thanks so much. Thank you guys so much. It was so much fun. Thank you, Laura. Yep. To connect with Laura or read her binge-worthy blog, visit laurascout.com and visit her on Facebook at Laura Scout Coaching. Exclusively for SparkJoy listeners, Laura is offering a one-hour free consult call. To apply, email her at laura at laurascout.com and tell her SparkJoy podcast sent you. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and review the show, which helps us reach others along their tidying journeys. To extend your tidying experience, you can join the Spark Joy Club. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click join the club to become a member of the Spark Joy community or join us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your host, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast, is not endorsed by or affiliated with Kamari Media Inc. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Kamari Media Inc. or the Kamari Consultant Community.